Hello and welcome to Britpop Banter. My name is Kevin. And I'm Leslie. This is season two, what happened after Britpop, some of the bands and albums. Twitter, Facebook, we're at Britpop Banter and you can email us at BritpopBanter at gmail.com. All views expressed on this podcast are 100% our own. And while we poke fun at some bands and artists, we appreciate their talent and sacrifice to create these albums. Les, how you doing? We haven't seen each other for a little while. A couple of weeks. It's quite nice. What, not seeing me? No, it's just to Jesus have a little breather. <laughs> to have, to have, you know, it makes things nice I and fresh. I've seen you for two weeks, quite nice. Oh. <laughs> what have you been up to? I have um, played more golf. Yeah, okay. I played really well yesterday. Funnily enough, like, the time I wasn't there. But bizarre, like to the point where it was like, I was kind of embarrassed because I kind of knew it was false advertising. <laughs> because it was just a weird thing. Um, anyway, I don't know. Um, I cut the top off my thumb. Yeah, I've, you've got a huge It's plaster. hanging, so I've pressed it back in and put a plaster over it, hoping it What's hanging? Grows, like the top of my thumb. Oh, you're so accident prone. What do you do? Just cutting carrots, making <laughs> soup. So Nothing new It was really sore Is this covered under by OH&S at home? Because it was an incident in the work environment That's true wasn't Oh it? yeah I don't think that <laughs> cutting carrots is my job description though So I'd probably not get anything for that um, But I'm actually not taking this off for two days Because I'm too scared Ugh. Do you want me to do it now? No, okay. absolutely not I do not want to see your fusty Um do you remember I did that before and went to go to the hospital because I cut the top off my yes, finger? Yes, that was a bad one. Yeah, it's the same as that, but it's flappy. That's it's just not gross. completely come off. Gross, so gross. So I think I'm going to have like a stunted thumb, if I'm really honest. Because it's not going to stick back in, is it? It's just going to flat. <laughs> so I'm hoping when it does it flat so it dies and then it'll come off, but by then the new stuff will have grown underneath. Just... It's just called denial. I'm just going to keep this little... <laughs> Um, yeah, but I went quite pale. I would imagine. I... And um, had to sit down for a minute. Oh, no. I didn't no enjoy that soup, thinking about what went into it. But yeah. <laughs> Your DNA. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so the last episode was PJ. Feels like ages yeah, ago. I nailed it. You nailed it? Yeah. That's just you being modest, is it? It's pretty much what people said. I'm just repeating what they said. <laughs> I mean... I mean, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a good episode. She's so cool. She is cool. I'll give you that. It was a good album. Um, the good... fact I got you to give it such a high rating. Yeah, I really liked the album. Mm. Um, and it was good to learn all about her and her background. And I still, look, either side of that album, I probably can't get into because it's more like the PJ that I sort of think she sounds like. And then that album, like you said, is more accessible and a bit more commercial. But I really like it. Yeah. Um, this week we've got Keen, Hopes and Fears. Oh. Are you hopeful or fearful? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm actually... I've... Uh, well, I think this is going to be a good episode for music, right? I, uh, I'm, I'm keen to talk about Keen. See what I did there? Awful. Waiting two weeks for that bad boy. Wow. Another <laughs> uh, news... So my parents are going home. Yes. So my parents... After have... 17 years. <laughs> <laughs> I think they've lived with me more than I've lived from them. Yeah, exactly. them. Uh, so they fly home. This is Saturday. They fly home Thursday. 
but they got a little bit of a scare because they uh, have to go get a COVID test um, 72 hours before they fly. So on Monday, we're going to go get the COVID test. So it's that because in the transfer through Doha and Doha requires the test to let you transit through. So it's not the other end where they actually live. Right. It's where they transit through. Um, so we've got to do that on, on Monday. So obviously they're a bit, what if we've got it? You know, what happens if I've got it? And I'm like, you don't have it. You would know. <laughs> no, you're not got any symptoms. No. So uh, that'll be sad to see them go. Um, I think they are, you know, gasping to get back to their own home after so so much time. Um, and actually in New South Wales, we're doing okay. New South Wales in Australia. Victoria, not so much. Not so much. Melbourneites are uh, not washing their hands. Apparently, is that what it is? I don't know. I just made that up. <laughs> Can't make things like that up. Um, it's why else? So there's a little spike happening in uh, Melbourne. Yeah, at the moment. and I think, but well, I think we need to take it into. Okay, so here's a comparison. Yesterday in Australia, thirty-three cases, of which thirty came from uh, Victoria. In the states yesterday. 40,000 cases. And this is where I think we've really got to start being a bit more, um, I don't know what the word is, not logical, but it's not blown out of proportion. I appreciate there's been a spike in Victoria because we're talking about it's gone from one case a day to Back 20. Up. And now we're in double digits. In you know, like the UK, 65,000 people have died. You know, in Australia, it's 104. Yeah. So I just think you've got to take it. Look, this is going to be, I think, it's the same as any other virus now that's out there. It's never going to go away. It's just how well do we handle it Mm -hmm. and can we contain it? Mm -hmm. Because the reality is, if 33 people a day were getting the flu, nobody would bat an eyelid. Mm -hmm. And so, and and it's not, and I mean, obviously there's 104 people have died and that's terrible, but it's not obviously been that deadly here either Mm. because there have still been a lot of people who've had it and survived from it. Mm -hmm. So I think we've just got to get a little bit more sensible that we can't just shut down the world now for something that is inevitably going to be with us forever mm-hmm. unless we get a vaccine and to be honest they only had a flu vaccine a few years ago and we've been having the flu for hundreds of years mm. so my putting your money on a vaccine is well i wouldn't be doing it but so we've got to figure out a way to actually open up because you can't have people not working you can't have people going into poverty and you can't have just the world shutting down anymore. And people uh, bulk buying toilet paper again. And we just can't do that <laughs> because we're just not, it's not going to go away. Yeah. But it's how do we then... Did you see some of the pictures coming out of the UK yesterday with the people on the beaches? I mean, there's the sublime and the ridiculous. I think, you know, 50 people going go to a pub now versus... Millions at a beach in a country where it's rife. I know. Is stupid. Mm. Hmm. Um, yeah, I'm just getting a little bit um, over it. Just over it. Well, I just think we've got to just we've got to start thinking bigger picture here. And yeah. I think you know, I think everybody having a meltdown because there's been thirty cases in Victoria. Mm-hmm. Let's just just take that into perspective. Let's put a bit into perspective. Mm-hmm. We yep. kind of know it's isolated to these suburbs. We kind of know why. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's just not go there. Well. Um, you know, just don't. So what they're doing is they're going door to door within those suburbs, doing tests, and they've set up testing stations at the end of 
uh, every street in that area as well uh, to try and contain it. So, I mean, like you said, it's, it's, but we, we were doing so well, zero, one, one, zero, you know, like, and then all of a sudden we started getting a spike. So they're, they're trying to contain it. But you still got to think about, like I did the maths the other day. You'd got. You did maths? Well, just a quick sum. Let's <laughs> not call it But, and I did it myself and I was impressed. <laughs> oh. Yep. Um, reality is only 0.00006% of the population have had it. Like you've got more chance of winning the lottery. Than actually getting COVID. Oh. Like when you think about it, that's a stupid, stupid. Like you'd have to. I entered the lottery twice. Next yeah. Week. Well. So if I'm not here next episode, you know, yeah. I've either got COVID or I've got the lottery. <laughs> yeah, I've either got COVID or the lottery. <laughs> but I just think you're going to have to be. Yeah, you'd have to be really unlucky, or you've come from overseas, or you've been in a hotspot. I think just wandering about your own daily business and you just catch it is you unlikely. Be really careful, yeah. Uh, should we get on away from that subject? Yes. Uh, we did get a review, which I'm keen to get your opinion on. Uh, so first of all, it's, a, it's it's actually a good score. It's four out of five. Right? That's not the, bad. Yeah, I'll take it. Absolutely. Uh, second season syndrome is the title. Oh. Oh. So, like season one, the banter is there, the search for new music and Les says are all still there, but sadly the main event, the albums, is let down by a lack of quality. To go from the Werf and Oasis to JJ72 and Athlete is a big step. It's still a great listen, though. Who picked them? Pop and Roll Star, so thank you for the review. Thank you for the score. I want to talk about it a bit more. So those are my albums. (laughs) (laughs) And I reckon you're going to back it up. Uh... What's your thoughts on... So we are. So I wanted to pick your brain. We're halfway through season two, right? Literally, I, th- I think we're almost exactly halfway through. Um, and we will finish up towards the end of the year on season two. And we still... You, you know some of the albums that are coming. Uh, and there's some bangers in there, right? Some big hitters still to talk about. Yeah. So how are you feeling about it? You just need to get better at picking albums. <laughs> I just... But there's listener picks as well. It's not that I'm one third of this. He, he named them. He named my bands. All right. So what I think genuinely is, I think the albums are. I think when it's come down to your choice and mine, we've picked ones that we love as opposed to how big they were. Correct. And that's the thing. That's so, always going to be the thing, right? Well, yeah, but whereas. If we had to, yeah. You've just made some poor choices. <laughs> I don't know how to get away from it. Um, look, we're halfway there. If you're busting for season two to be over and we head back to, to the 90s in some way, shape or form, we're almost there. All right, so bear with us. What's your thoughts on season three? We haven't had the pub discussion about what we're doing next. I've got a great idea. Yeah. What do you mean, yeah? Well, you thought it was awesome. I well, did, I did like it. Mind? It's very broad, your idea. It's very broad. Well, I ain't going to be talking about those bands that we've got no idea about because I'm bored <laughs> stiff. So if you think I'm doing that, you're kidding yourself. Just don't send me your list of obscure 90s bands because I've got zero interest. <laughs> episodes are when we know the albums and we're passionate about of them. Of course. Because all I feel that we would do if we did that is we would just basically lose 
the passion. Because mm. even though you've picked some albums that I didn't like and vice versa, there's one of us are really involved or engaged. Yes. And, you know, we can touch upon some of those albums just as a broader discussion. Mm. But I just think, you know, I'd be quite keen to talk about huge albums of... British albums of the 90s. Mm-hmm. Maybe different genres. Maybe. Maybe. But big British albums. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That you're passionate yeah, about. Yeah, not still. jazz or anything weird, but... You well, know. Not, no jazz? No jazz. Oh, got it. I nearly gave you a jazz album today for your homework, just for a laugh. <laughs> but I didn't. Because then I, I thought, I have to listen to it too, that isn't funny. Yeah, no. That's, that's stupid. That's a silly idea. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, all right. Well, we're halfway through. We've got six Does months. it show, though... That there was a lack of quality versus the year the after, the decade after, or have we just picked? Have you just picked the wrong album? <laughs> <laughs> I don't hear any of my picks. No, I mean there's only two there, obviously. What but other I mean, ones have you even, picked outside even, of them? I think when we were in season one, we even got pulled apart for some of the albums that I picked as well for season one. So it's just a carry on, really, isn't it? Well, there's a lesson to be learnt there, Kevin. <laughs> Just do the show yourself. Just uh, pick better albums. <laughs> uh, we've got a couple of interviews lined up, so I'm pretty excited. I'm definitely, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm, I'm, pumped. Just, the problem is just the Australia-UK thing. It's so hard being in this country, trying to organise the time difference. Yeah, I know. It's annoying, annoying. to, to, to organise, but we'll get there. Have you got anything else before we get into Song of the Week? Do I have anything else before we get into Song of the Week? No. Brilliant. <laughs> I really don't. I think I do, but I can't remember. Okay, cool. We'll come back to that. Oh, oh. have you listened to Liam's um, live album? No. No. Cool. Is it good? No point in talking about it, really, is there, if you've not listened to it? I've seen him live. Uh, yeah, it is. <sighs> that was a great conversation. <laughs> really sad. Does he play Rock and Roll Star? Oh, what a surprise. What a surprise. Get over it, Kev. Get over it. Did he start it with Rock and Roll Star? Does he play JJ72 or Adam? (laughs) Don't turn this on me because of No. Oh, come at your boy. I warned you about Athlete. I warned you. Uh, Yeah. I'm still good. You know, and that's the thing. It's not, you know, there's still going to be people out. And I've got, I know that some people don't really don't, you don't like JJ72. But there are some people out there who do like JJ72. So it's good to talk about them. I like JJ72. I don't remember them. They were there. All right. Those one or two were there. All right. Song of the week. Motel Thieves. Make it better. Bright, fun and filled with vitamin C. Indie rock, rock pop. Five-piece Motel Thieves come from Swansea in South Wales. Following the success of their debut release, Stitches, the Thieves make a colourful return with a new tune, Make It Better. The song, being quite self-explanatory, infers to those who can alter our moods for our better and how important it is to cherish that and to love that. Inspired by the style of artists such as The Strokes, Blossoms, Declan McKenna and Sam Fender, Make It, Bender, make it Better offers you a spin of indie rock and pop carried through by a constant energy. Here's Motel Thieves, make it better. Never be under, never be 
Fun. It is. It is fun, poppy, enjoyable. Really nice. And I love the name Motel Thieves. Yeah. I think it's a great name. Liz says. Yeah. I'm pumped for this. Yeah. I am absolutely pumped. I'm a little bit struggle street here with one of them. Go on. Which one do you um, want? So we're talking about um, Badly Drawn Boy mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and Sports Team. We'll kick off with um, Badly Drawn Boy. Ooh. Yeah. So his new album, Banana Skin Shoes. A couple of reviews here. So Louder and War gave it four out of five. Ooh. After a lengthy hiatus, Goff has finally returned and has done so with his strongest work for a long time. Mm-hmm. On his new album, Banana Skin Shoes, he fully embraces the pop star that he has always had within, but wraps it up in the kind of funk folk grooves that you'd be more likely to find on a Beck album. That's certainly the order of the day oh. on the opening title track, as synths and horns crash up against each other over what is his most danceable tune since Disillusion. From the off, he references his own dilemma over the years. It's time to break free from this plaster cast and leave the past behind. He certainly is, and the result is infectious and liberating. With the release of Banana Skin Shoes, Badly Drawn Boy has entered his rebirth chapter as a reinvigorated protagonist. Here's hoping that the rest of his story heads towards the happy ending he deserves. Evening Standard, 3 out of 5. A decade after his last studio album, Badly Drawn Boy is back with a pleasant pop-led effort. The title track kicks off, kicks things off with a funky horn-led and percussion-heavy intro as a singer-songwriter embraces his livelier side, a theme that persists throughout the 14 tracks. While he ruminates on the difficult moments of the last decade, including his split from the mother of his two children, the overriding oh. mood is a pleasingly optimistic one. But throughout the album, his quotable lyrics only narrowly avoid veering into cheesiness. Ooh. It's breezy and easy to listen to, but in this time of heightened reality, as everything feels intensified, you can't help feeling the whole thing falls slightly short. Ooh, interesting. All right. Interesting. Okay. I'm going to let you go first because I'm in, a, I'm in all sorts of bother with this. Yeah. Well, I haven't even given it a rating yet. I mean, it's in my head. It's, I, well, I have, but I haven't. Wow. I don't understand. I'll, I'm going to go first. Sorry, I just have to get it off my chest. So, when I first heard the, the first track, it actually sounds like an advert. And I was like, I hate this. Like, the first part of the first track. I know. Some cheesy advert. And I was like, is this actually... 
I thought I had ad-free Spotify. And then I was like... Oh. <laughs> Maybe I don't. Oh, no, I do. What is this noise? And then... And then it gets better. And then I'm like, oh, I like it. And then it sort of... But then it fades away into the background and the whole album's gone and I've realised I haven't heard anything. Mm-hmm. So then I go back to start and stop it, listen to it again. Mm-hmm. But then I get annoyed again with the first part of the first song. Then I, And then I go, okay, pay attention. Three songs and forgot. So you're drifting in and out of the album. Yes. What mm-hmm. I do here, <laughs> when I actually pay attention, because it doesn't catch your attention... Um, I like. Okay. So that's the thing. I don't find it unpleasant. That's the thing. I don't go, oh God, what says get off? It's background music, it sounds like to you. Yes. And a bit... Oh, I don't know. It's just so hard to rate because I reckon I've listened to it 20 times. Wow. But I still can't tell you what it's fully like as an album. Oh. Couldn't name you any tracks. Couldn't sing you anything. What? I just so surprised. The only one I can do is yeah, yeah, yeah. That one. That's mm-hmm. the only thing. What's that song? It sticks in your head. The rest of it. Where's your head at? Go on. So come on. It's half and half, right? So the first um, review basically talks about the fact that it's you know a strongest work for a long time. And I went back and listened to some of his other stuff. And it is, because oh. some of the other stuff's a bit dull. Um, but then I then fade into the second review, which is why I picked it, because I'm like, it is the overriding mood is pleasantly optimistic and it's kind of nice, hmm. but it can veer a bit to cheesiness. And then it does feel like it's fallen short because I can't name you anything that's really... Okay. It's a hard one because I don't dislike it. You know, sometimes you just know you just want it off. Yeah. But I can't tell you really what it sounds like. Okay. Um, so I'm probably going to have to give it a six. Okay. Just a bit better than average. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. I think so. Will you ponder that for a second? It's just tough. All right. I really like this album. Okay. Really did. I didn't expect, so my notes are, I didn't expect much from this. However, I really enjoyed it. From the uniqueness and unexpectedness of banana skin shoes to the sheer beauty of songs like Me and You Against the World or Is This a Dream? So I'm listening to this album. I, when you, the first track, I know you said it sounds like an advert. For me, I'm like, it grabs my attention. It is so completely unexpected. I go, what is it? Same, but and it's not a good funky. Way. No, I disagree. I think it's funky. I, I get into it. And look, it's, it stands out from the album. So I go, I like that. That's caught my attention. And then you get into just gorgeous songs. Uh, is This a Dream is brilliant. Uh, I Just Want to Wish You Happiness. I'm not sure what it is. Tony Wilson said is really fun and funky. I like that. Me and You Against the World. So I'm writing this down. Like, I'm like, yep, yep, yep. I am seven for seven songs that I like in this album in a row. And I'm like, when was the last time that ever happened? So I'm like, yep, seven from seven from the start. There's a bit of a lull in the middle and then it comes back again at the end. It's lovely, sad, foot tapping, enjoyable, surprising in its beauty. I really enjoyed this. Well done, badly drawn boy. I have played this pretty much every day for a fortnight. It's just, I love it. I think it's a great album. Eight out of ten. Oh, wow. Isn't that funny? I'll do the louder than more. Review and you'll go the second one. Yeah, 
And it's a hard one because I don't dislike it. I mean, I don't love it as much as you. It just didn't catch my attention. Probably one of my highlights so far this season. I was still, I reckon I'd play it though. I I would listen to it again. Mm. I just don't, it just didn't, it didn't wow me. Okay. Can I play something from it? Ah, yeah. So let me play it as This Is Dream because I just love it. So this is Badly Drawn Boy with Is This A Dream?
right next. Sports team, deep down happy. So we reviewed their album in season one. Oh. Do you not remember that? No. We didn't really like it. Right. So I was, you know, a bit nervous about this one. Mm-hmm. Um, reviews, enemy. Loved it. Smashed Four it. out of five. <laughs> From the very beginning, sports team have confounded expectations, putting on gigs that seemed foolishly out of their reach when they had just one EP to their name, before going on to sell those shows out against all the odds. Their journey thus far has been a gloriously messy trip of seemingly stupid decisions, underdog heroism and poor passion filling a gap in the lives of many bored and disenfranchised indie fans. On sports team's debut album, Deep Down Happy, this phase... Remember we did the EP and you got angry because it was an EP and... Anyway. These <laughs> phase appears to be over. This is the sound of a band who are done being the underdogs. These 12 tracks are a furious funny flag in the ground from a band who make absolutely no bones about who they are. Um, everyone thinks that you need to act like a downtrodden band. Frontman Alex Wright told Enemy last year as he addressed the criticism of the band... Has have received for wearing their middle class upbringing and priv- privilege on their sleeves. Across Deep Down Happy, sports team accept and acknowledge these undeniable facts, while also biting back at those who they grew up amongst and were told they looked and sounded like, um, turning them into caricatures and figures of ridicule. Oh, seems a bit unfair. It's a, yeah, and I have read a bit about that separately, just about the fact that because um, of the, what some of this talk, what the th- things they talk about in this album. Um, how would they know that since they were they went to Cambridge oh. and they had this nice what what bringing and it's not like they're well like, they can't imagine uh, yeah like they've got and no imagination they all, they all now live in a house together in London and I'm like you can only write songs about what you personally it's just strange experience. anyway so that was enemy stereoboard.com 3 out of 5 Emerging from a haze of industry buzz with a youthful core of diehard fans behind them mm-hmm. and rapturous live notices in hand, sports team have plenty of outside interference to contend with on their debut album. But Deep Down Happy approaches the job gamely, pairing festival-ready shout-alongs with kink-style Middle England um, singing. This Middle England thing. This is an eager, canny record that does just enough with its blueprints to quiet the feeling that Indy's next big thing amounts to the second coming of the rakes. When it works, as on Anthemic Camel Crew, it really works, and that glow coats the more rote nods to landfill indie. Having progressed to selling out decent side theatres before releasing their debut, Sports Team would have had to disastrously drop the ball here to check their momentum. Deep Down Happy isn't perfect, but it's engaging enough to keep the band on an upward trajectory. Whether they eventually end up as Radio X filler or as a modern-day pulp is a question for another time. You go first. So, I surprisingly really enjoyed this. This is easy, you obviously hate it. Um, <laughs> so, it's a little bit... The first song I don't like, so I skip that. Good. And then... With you on that. So, the first track, I was like, oh, God. But then the rest, I like it. It's catchy, it's upbeat, it's fun... It catches your attention where Bot Badly Joy Boy didn't. Mm-hmm. Like I know mm-hmm. when the tracks are changing, I know when the album I you, you bop along to them. Um it can be a little bit too raucous at times. Um you know, I'm getting older now, it's a bit much for me, but um I just think it's a really solid album and surprising enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Certainly would play it again. Um I'd give it seven and a half. 
Seven, seven, yeah, seven and a half go, yeah. Wow, okay. Uh, Favourite song or standout song? I like them, so I do like Camel Crew, that sticks out, it's kind of fun. Okay. Um, But the first track is, if you took that out of the album, because it's not a good start. Okay. This is such a fast-paced album, like yeah. typing. I don't think I've ever typed that fast. Starts with a punch to the face and it doesn't really let up. And it's because of the pace in the album and the fact that it doesn't change that it blends together somewhat. Oh. By the end of the album, you're exhausted and wondering when will it end. We're getting old. I think this is also down to the singer's voice where it borders on singing and shouting. Another sign for me is when I get to the end, I usually let an album play again when I'm reviewing it. And this I went... Uh, no, I'm not doing this again. Because it, it it's lit, the first track. I agree with you. It is. Uh, it's it's not just a punch to the face. It kicks your head in, and it's just like I'm not I'm not ready for that. Yeah. Um, well, not me, after badly drawn boy. So it depends on which way you listen to them. Um, look, I think I actually so going soft, which is I think it's track two or track three, is my favourite song. Like I just I love the the chorus and the guitar riff on that. It's, Brilliant. Well, but here's the thing. I thought that was really clever. Uh, no, don't have it. <clears throat> uh, Camel Crew, I've got Long Hot Summer, The yeah. Races and Fishing, I've got as standouts. Um, but Going Soft was the one I was like, this is this is the one I really like. Um, I just, I found the songs blending into each other. I found the singer's voice grating a little bit because it was almost shouting at me. And I just, I just feel that it's just too much. Uh, so I like the song And I'm, I'm, I'd love to play Going Soft Yep Okay so uh, I'd like to play that But for me this is a 5 5.5 out of 10 Ooh. I wouldn't go back to this album We've been so different <clears throat> Polar opposites on this one so far But I tell you what Let's play sports team Deep down happy uh, This is Going Soft Which we both agree is a belter
Next week. So next week, this is mixed bag. <laughs> um, the next two weeks, um, people just this. There's one album I can't wait for us to talk about, but they keep delaying the release date. And I swear it's going to be amazing. Okay. Fingers crossed. But it's not this week, so get over it. Um, <laughs> so this week we have a band called Super Drone. Now, they've only got about 500 listeners on Spotify. Ooh. But I read about them because apparently they are the band that's going to kick shoegaze back into the mainstream. Oh, we've got some listeners who'll be happy to hear that. And that's why I thought. Let's do it. So they're called Super Drone. Their new album is called Solar Gaze. I'm excited. I like and the small so, bands. Yeah, yeah. So that's the first one. The second one again, new band, new album, The Howl and The Hum and the album is called Human Contact. Oh, I'm excited. So Good on you. Yeah. New bands. Nice. And there's a couple of um, other ones that I've found that have and I really like that because there's a couple coming where there's going to be big hitters that we all know but I'm actually going to... There's a couple where... I, one album I found, um, and I'm going to keep it for next week, Scottish artist, has like 50 listeners on Spotify. Wow. And I'm like that, but this is the whole point. This is the whole point. So, um, I mean, there won't be any reviews. I'll just have to make them up. But, um, yeah, so... That's exciting. Super Drone and The Howl and the Hum. Lovely. Looking forward to that. Right, let's get into this week's album, Keen Hopes and Fears. Oh no, you've got that look on your face. <laughs> oh, great. Uh, so, album cover. So, it's sort of. Do you know what the album cover is? Green. Well, depending on which country you're in, it has a different cover, mm. right? So, um, it's sort of their name and it's surrounded. It looks like golf clubs or, or microphone stands, but it's actually piano hammers all the way around. Uh, their name and the name of the album, Hopes and Fears. Uh, the different regions of the world have different covers. So in the UK, it's green. US, it's white. Europe is black. Uh, overseas is brown. And Japan is blue. Uh, the artwork was designed what by... What was the point in that? Just asking. Is this what it's going to be? No, I just want to know, because that seems strange. Do they think that people will like it more in Japan because it's blue? I don't know. Like, just what's... It just seems odd. Maybe they do it for collectors. Like, you want the whole set. So I sell the same five album. albums. Mental. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, the artwork is designed by Alex Lake. Uh, Alex Lake. He, great photographer. His website is Two Short Days. I had a look. His photography is fantastic. And he's pretty much done everyone famous. It's uh, really cool. So this was released 10th of May 2004. This is Keen's debut. What followed it was Under the Iron Sea, which got to number one, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. Island uh, is the label and recorded at Helocentric Studios in Sussex. Producer was Andy Green, Keen and James Sanger. Uh, Andy Green, oh gee, wow, uh, produced a lot of quality dance albums, right? Mm. So Y4K, which I love the soul of man for Mm -hmm. Y4K, but he did the Dub Pistols one. Oh. Dub Pistols, yeah. Global Underground 23. Oofed. Which is the James Lavelle one. Yep. Then he worked on ch- children's sing-along albums, the top 30 silly songs. Um, then he worked on the OC and One, Tro- one Tree Hill soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Then a religious series called Praise Him, inclu- including Praise Him, Pan Pipes. So imagine hymns. With- I'd rather be dead. <laughs> then he did indie albums like The Streets, 
Oh, These Streets by Paolo Nettini. Oh, I love Eye that. to the Telescope by Katie Tunstall. <gasps> and Music of the Spheres by Ian Brown. What a CV, right? You've got dance music, kids' albums, religious albums, indie greats. It's mental. Mental, eh? Uh, James, he's mainly a programmer. He's worked on heaps including Dido, No Angel, Love Actually soundtrack. Oh. Sunday 8pm by Faithless. Oh! And then he did Seven by S Club Seven. What a seller. <laughs> Just such a range. A job's a job, right? Not really. Because you don't need to be into the... Well, I guess you do, You would right? be hearing it over and over. Yeah, Imagine you had to go, like, do that again, and you're like, God almighty, I can't... Reach for the stars. No more. No more. That was fine. That was fine. <laughs> Drag the folder to the bin. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Well done. Next. <laughs> 57 tracks... Uh, 57 minutes, 12 tracks. Got to number one. How long was it in the chart, Les? Um, 26 weeks. Way off. Add a hundred to that. What? A hundred and thirty weeks it was in the chart. So, are you ready for the album chart? Yes. Number ten, Franz Ferdinand by Franz Ferdinand. <laughs> Number nine, Shadows with Life Story. Oh, sorry, that's Life Story with Shadows, idiot. Uh, Scissor Sisters by Scissor Sisters. Oh, it's like them. We still don't know what the hell happened to them. They just vanished. They did just vanish, didn't they? Uh, the Soul Sessions by Joss Stone. Oh. I like that. Heart No More by Mario Winnings. What's that? Uh, Songs About Jane by Maroon 5. Oof, that was a guilty pleasure of mine, remember? Oh, yeah, it was too. I think I got that Life Story one. Life Story is the name of the album by by Shadows. Do you know who Shadows are? No. Greatest Hits, Guns N' Roses. Uh, Anastasia by Anastasia. Oh. I used to like Anastasia. Oh, no. Set me free to me out this misery Show me the way <laughs> A Grand Don't Come For Free by The Streets And then Hopes and Fears at number one So 2004 singles, Les That won't be very good <laughs> I can probably put, my, put money on that uh, So Rasmus with In The Shadows Maroon 5, This Love Oh. Don't. This love is. De- oh, that's horrible, that song. It Can't Be Right by Two Play featuring well, some people. Single by Natasha Bedingfield. I don't know what these songs are. Life Outside Alone by Anastasia. Do you know that one? Life Outside Alone? Yeah. Um. Left Outside Alone. Been left outside alone. Been left outside alone. Cool. That sounds horrible. <laughs> don't Tell Me by Avril Levine. Dip It Now by Christina Milan. Milan? Milan? Uh, Morrissey, Irish Blood, English English Heart. Oofed. Oofed. And If It, I Don't Want You Back by Amon. Amazing. It's actually got, like, number two, it's actually got If It. Uh, and then F-U-R-B, F-U-Right Back by Frankie. I'm not kidding. It's like If It and then F-U-Right Back, number two and number one. Well, that a thing? That's a thing. Right. Got to have a swearsy in uh, in the charts. Um, all right. That was awful. It was pretty bad, uh, as we know. So Keen are an English alternative rock band, according to Wikipedia. They're not. I don't know who does that. How would you? I mean, they're, they're not. They're indie at best. Stroke pop. pop. Yeah. Yeah, they ain't alternative. Definitely, I would not put rock 
anywhere near. near oh, they're not rock. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No. Rock is such. People must get really pissed off about that. Everyone, if you, if wear you have a, a rock guitar, band. you're rock. And these guys, ironically, they don't have a guitar and they're considered a rock band. Anyway, the lineup of the band Tim Rice Oxley, Tom Chaplin, and Richard Hughes. The original guitarist Dominic Scott left the this band. It sounds so English. <laughs> yeah, it does actually, yeah. They sound like people I'd have laughed at at school. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> Don't you think? Uh, yeah. Admit it. You, yeah. They probably would have been in the band at school, like, you know, the orchestra at school. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Um, so Dominic Scott left the band in 2001 before they got this album out. So Tim and Tom have known each other for ages, although uh, through their parents being really good friends with each other and that rolled down to the boys. Tim, I think it's quite unusual because obviously we're not a family like the Gallagher's, but we did have a strong bond. Tim's mum and dad are my godparents. We grew up in the same town and I remember Tim writing songs when I was six years old. What do you think you would write about when you're six? I did write a song when I was young. Did you? To the, um, you know when you get like a Casio keyboard yes. and you get that song? And I wrote it about the teenage um, mutant hero turtles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just love that we've known each other for how long and I still get stuff like this out of you. What, who was your favourite turtle? Yeah, Michelangelo. Hello. Oh, yeah, it was mine too. Because he was cool and he ate pizza and he had an orange thing around his head. <laughs> and he had but nunchucks. He was basically me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Michelangelo, Leonardo. There you go. I remember actually knowing that. that's Chibos. <laughs> No, what was it? Michelangelo, Leonardo. It was Leonardo. Leonardo, Donatello. Donatello. Ma- Raphael. Raphael. That was my song. Then I wrote a little bit about them each. Who played. On your Casio keyboard, <laughs> singing about the turtles. That's amazing. I've always been artistic. <laughs> <laughs> You're just born with it, I think. You're just... <laughs> oh, you know, I just love... I imagine you recorded it. You had the old cassette recorders. I think I probably have. Maybe it's at home. In the loft? Oh, could you imagine? Could you imagine? I'd love that. Next time you go home, you need to have a ruffle about. See what you can find. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Heroes in a Half Shell. Yeah. I think my song was better, but... (laughs) Um... Right, well, I don't know if he was writing about turtles, but in 1995, Tim formed a band with Dominic while he was studying for a classics degree at University College London. With Richard on drums, the band named themselves the Lotus Eaters and started out as a cover band playing songs from the Beatles and U2. The Lotus Eaters. The Lotus Eaters. Yep. I like that better than Keen. Do you? Hmm. Hmm. Well, feel... It doesn't reflect them though, Keen does. Uh, you Well, you'll feel bad when I tell you why they call themselves Keen. Uh, so Tom, we grew up together in battle and got together as a band in school. I was three years younger so the other guys waited for my balls to drop before agreeing that I could be the singer. 
We moved to London in the late 90s and cut our teeth on the classic Camden circuit towards the end of the Britpop scene, which felt very inspiring for young bands. We were a traditional indie band back then. Our guitarist, Dominic Scott, was Irish and adored U2, so there were a lot of big, delayed guitars. <laughs> After several years, we still weren't getting anywhere. Then Dominic told us he was leaving. So Tim switched from bass to piano. At the time, it was unusual to have a piano as a lead instrument and no guitars. We put in the bass's parts on a laptop, but suddenly everything fell into place. I want to talk about the piano thing a little bit later on, right? So we'll come back to that. Tim, when Dominic left, it could have been the end of the band, but it turned out to be a light bulb moment. I was never that good on bass and found playing the piano much easier. Wow. Without anyone to do a big guitar solo, the songs became less flabby and I really got into the Smiths, whose early songs were really, really short. They relocated to London, and this is from the Daily Mail. Having relocated to London, the band supported themselves for the next few years in a series of menial jobs. Menial? Menial. Menial. Thank you. Rice Oxley hired himself out as a guinea pig for medical trials on drugs for schizophrenia. Wouldn't be doing that. Wouldn't be doing that? No. Would you? No chance. Can you imagine the side effects of some of those? No. Uh, Horrible. Well, I, I don't know how people do it. Would you be a guinea, fi- guinea pig for COVID? I don't have it. No, no, no. But would you be... So, this is inoculations, right? So it's it's preventative. Would you get... This? No, absolutely not. Because I won't even get the flu jab. I don't get the flu jab either, actually. That's funny. And I'm not anti-vax. I don't want people thinking I'm mental. But, because um, I'm not. Because <laughs> I think they have a time and a place. But I think we're just getting a little bit hectic crap that we pump in our bodies like the one that we all got when we were young for measles and stuff BCG. and you get that and tuberculosis right look we, we completely eradicated tuberculosis right great well done and that's fine because that's a really full-on you know who wants to get that no mm. one mm-hmm. the flu i'll take my chances <laughs> because the side effects of the flu jab are you feel like you got the flu yeah. and you've got a sore arm yeah. i don't want any of them just and I'm not going to pay for the privilege. It's moronic. Couple of days lined up in bed, cup of tea, some soup. And you're like, it's the flu. And so no. I just think we've got a little bit hectic now where we medicate everything. And I don't know what that does to us. Some things I think your body's immune system is there to deal with. Mm-hmm. Some isn't. Uh, I'm on the opposite spectrum of that. And I just don't get it because I don't like injections. I don't like needles I don't think, yeah, I don't think I like it, but it doesn't fade. That's not why. I just go... I can't give blood. It just... It, it arcs me. We can't give blood anyway. Because we're British. Australians do not take British blood. I think I think they do because no, of the... No, they don't. Because I've tried a hundred times. Because I used to give blood in Scotland. Really? Yeah. Covid. Uh, not Covid. Um, mad cow disease. They still think we've all got it. <laughs> Scream for that then. Don't be a moron. <laughs> But they won't Google it. They'll really? not they will not take your blood if you grew up in the UK in the eighties and nineties. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Because of uh, CJD. Because there was that whole mad cow disease thing. Yeah, it was full on. I feel like if I had that I would show symptoms. Some people may say that I do. <laughs> <laughs> um so maybe that's fair. Maybe don't take my blood after all. Mad cow disease. It's not the first time I've been called that. Um <laughs> but yeah, I just think we just get a little bit in like a little bit medication happy. Okay, alright. Chaplin worked for a time in a care home. 
cha- quote, changing nappies on grown men and wondering all the while whether the band were going to get the recognition I knew our songs deserved. Fair play to them for doing that. I love hearing those kind of stories. That's, that's Some a- people just give up. Yeah, they keep going. I mean, yeah, that's, fair that play. is really, really tough. Like, I, I think that's probably one of the hardest jobs ever. Um, <laughs> I think working on a Tesco checkout, Kevin. <laughs> or the leisure pool. When you have the customer service skills I have. <laughs> Or working in a customer service call centre. Gross. Oh, yeah. No. I'm not I'm not good at customer service. No? And I don't know why. Cause I, I don't like know, you're people. really... Yeah, you are a people person. But it's because the people that usually call up customer service lines are not clever. And so you have to deal with that. <laughs> They're not. And they have stupid questions. And I don't, have a, I don't have a high tolerance for stupidity. That's the issue. That's the issue. I used to sometimes enjoy it when it was a nice person... Or like an old person who was like needing help and then they were really grateful. That was lovely. But just a moron. What was the, the nature of your call centre again? Well, I've done many. No, no. What was the one? The... The big one. The... The... No, the other one. There was one in Australia that you were... I, I remember you working for quite... The type of calls that you would get would be quite important, weren't they? Wasn't it around a specific subject? What, life insurance? Yep. No, pre- I was selling that. It's pretty important. But I was selling it. People are going to have questions about life insurance. Yeah, but I'm selling it, so don't... I'll, I'll just say what you need me to say. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't understand. The other call centre I worked in was around pensions, and I, I had relatively famous people call up about their pensions. I should have no business doing that. No. Yeah, but just the stupidity <laughs> of the questions that you would get from people is just astounding. To be clear, though, we're not comparing call centre work against working in care homes. No, we're not comparing it. I'm just saying that we've all had to do jobs that we're no. not very good at or like. There you go. Um, can I just talk about one story, though, and the stupidest, most stupid story? And I actually gave this answer, and then I did get in trouble. Because, basically, this person called... So I worked for this electricity company, and so pe- and I was in a section where people would ring up if they'd moved house. So then they needed to get reconnected. Like they had to get it all organised. Mm-hmm. This person calls me. And they were English. That's also an issue. But anyway, oh. I'm only joking. But they called me and they're like, so we've just moved into this. Okay, great. Can I take your postcode? Fine, done. Oh, I can see that, you know, there was a connection there and you were. That's fine. So I'll just need to take a few details. That's fine. So we'd like, we'd like, I said, I'll have to send out an engineer to get you connected. Can you do it now? What, what, send the engineer out? And they're like, no, connect me. And I was like, what, <laughs> what do you mean? And they were like, well, can you not? Is it not something that you can do? And I couldn't help it. I went, oh, sorry, the big button I have on my desk to turn on any electricity in the whole of the UK isn't working today. <laughs> so you'll have to wait for the engineer. And they were like, I don't like your tone. Well, I don't like that question. That's thick as <laughs> And I was like, okay, you're just going to have to wait for the engineer. I'm in Scotland and you're miles away. How am I going to do that from my desk? (laughs) It's probably not the right answer. It's not the right answer. (laughs) But kind of funny. (laughs) (laughs) I bet your boss didn't find it funny. No, love it. (laughs) (laughs) Because the thing is, I was like, genuinely, come on. And they're like, no, I know, but we can't see it. Okay. (laughs) This isn't for me. <laughs> 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 but 
what this is what I mean, like the public. Just the public, right? Okay. Good. I don't know where that came from. Uh, don't you know. weren't there too, but you were better. <laughs> right, let's move it on. Uh, so we spoke about this in the Coldplay episode that Tim almost joined Coldplay in 1997. Babe. <laughs> <laughs> was he the one taking the schizophrenia drugs? <laughs> no, this is no. I think this is after, but. Oh man! Wow. Wait, I just okay. All right, let's keep going. So Chris Martin had seen uh, <laughs> uh, uh, had seen Rice Oxley uh, pianos play piano playing during a weekend at Virginia Water. However, Rice Oxley declined because he did not want to leave the Lotus Eaters. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Stop it. <laughs> I was seriously interested, but Keen were already operational, and Coldplay's keyboard player idea was dropped. Richard said, There was a point where Coldplay thought about adding a keyboard player and then knew Tim and they asked him. We'd been a band for years. Before he had to really decide, I think they withdrew the offer and Chris decided he was going to do it himself and play the keyboard. Because of Martin's offer, and although Hughes and Scott were originally opposed to it, Chaplin joined the band in 1997, taking Rice Oxley's place as a vocalist and adding himself as the acoustic guitarist. Chaplin's recruitment also marked a change of name from the Lotus Eaters to Cherry Keen. After a friend of Chaplin's mother, whom Rice Oxley and Chaplin knew when they were young, she took care of them and would, would tell them to go for their dreams. At her death from cancer, she had left money for Chaplin's family. Chaplin commented, I used used some of the money to see me through the harder times with the music. And the name was shortened to Keen soon afterward. Aww. That's nice, isn't it? That's nice. That is That's nice. nice. Um, Chaplin departed for South Africa in the summer of 1997 to work as a volunteer during his gap year. Chaplin's early experiences there would be later reflected in the band's position for the Make Poverty History campaign. Returning a year later in 1998... Following a meeting with friend David Lloyd Seaman, Hughes' first words when the band picked up Chaplin at the airport were, we've got a gig in 10 days. Right. Uh, So this is from Richard uh, when he was asked about the guitar or lack of. I find the fact that the guitar has taken over quite weird. The piano has been around for hundreds of years in various forms and the guitar has been around for a much shorter time. So it's quite strange that it dominates popular music to such an extent. Because it's better. In the current climate, you get bands like Ben Folds 5. They use piano an awful lot. Hope of the States have a a piano live and Coldplay, obviously. Piano is there, it's just not the focus. Guitar has got to such a point where you get the three boys from Busted all doing the jump up in the air at the same time. And I certainly find that some of the people at our our, our gigs are relieved that there isn't someone jumping at the start and the core of the chorus during the classic Pete Townsend move. It's not a statement and we're probably using up uh, using up guitars at some point. Um, what's your thought on the guitars? Or lack of? I, I hated that whole thing. What do you mean? That whole thing he talked about was nonsense. <laughs> what about... So do you... You can't put... That's such a stretch to talk about guitars and busted. What about some of the most amazing guitar bands? What about the likes of Led Zeppelin or The Who or... The Who or the Beatles or, um, you know, even your rock bands. Like, you think about, like, 
even like Guns N' Roses or even bands like the Eagles. Like the guitar is incredible. Acoustic guitar, electric guitar, 12 string guitar, 16 string yeah. guitars, different. No- Shush. Piano. Lovely piano, but it's time and a place. So I don't know what he's talking about. Okay. And who jumps up and down with a guitar? Like, maybe morons. I didn't see Noel jump up and down. No. No. So, yeah, that's really bothered me. <laughs> so angry about that statement. I'm taking a point off my rating. Right. So Keane's first live gig was at the Hope and Anchor pub in Islington, London. For the next two years, the band played a number of pub gigs in and around London. The band released their debut single, Call Me What You Like, on their own record label, Zoomorphic. Only 500 copies were pressed, and the CD was sold at Keane's gigs. Their second release was Wolf at the Door, which was limited to 50 copies. This is when Dominic left. So a message on the website. One sad piece of news for us is that in July, our guitarist Dom decided to leave the band and return to his studies at LSE. We wish him all the best with that. Dom's departure does give us scope to develop our sound in new directions and the new recordings reflect the love of a more electronic and ambient music that inspired us to start writing songs in the first place. So 2001, Keane signed with BMG and went into the studio. In 2002, a gig at the Betsy Trotwood was watched by Simon Williams of Fierce Panda Records, who released the band's first commercial single, Everybody's Changing. Keane were eventually signed by Island Records in 2003, and this is the last time was to be their final release on Fierce Panda. So Keane's first single for Island was Somewhere Only We Know, which reached number three in the UK. Chaplin to the BBC I remember getting on a running machine when we had got to the hotel in Scotland and it was playing I felt slightly strange and embarrassed he says he was then asked about becoming famous and he said it's hard to conceive a life of not being like that it's like once you've got a mobile phone you can't imagine life without it and in a way that's quite depressing because even if someone's not staring at you you feel like that whenever you go and so from that moment onwards it changes you as a human being thoughts on that? Um, <laughs> was he that famous? Uh, what did, yeah. Was he? <clears throat> I'll get into a bit later I on. I couldn't yeah. point him out in a lineup. <laughs> Just being honest. <laughs> the debut album, Hopes of Fears, was released in 2004 and become the second biggest album in the UK, losing out to the Scissor Sisters. Yeah, right. Yeah. They were big. Oh no, I remember. And I'll, I'll throw some stats at you, you'll be surprised. In 2005, Keane won the best breakthrough act at the Brits and Tim Rice-Oxley won an Ivor Novello for his songwriting skills. Uh, they did the Live 8 concert in 2005. And... Yeah, I was there. Yeah, you were there. We've heard a couple was, of stories. Yeah, London, Wembley. Uh, so, let me tell you what Keane's download numbers are. Do you want to take a stab so how many how many monthly listeners do you think they get? Seven hundred and twenty-five thousand. Six million. Six million. Six million, right? Do you want to know how many streams somewhere only we know has got? One hundred million. Four hundred million. Was three hundred ninety-eight million of those years? <laughs> They're a bit... That's massive. Everybody's changing. 196 million. 
I'm not too... Actually, I'm not surprised. Because they were big and that was huge and they are very catchy songs. Um, yeah, that's... Yeah, it's full on, isn't it? I'm surprised... No, okay, I am surprised at those numbers, but I'm not surprised they're popular. They're not going to be like 500 listeners, but... Um, wow. Uh, next album was Under the Iron Sea, which came out in 2006. What did... This is where I... Walked away a bit from Keen uh, Because Is It Any Wonder oh, I'm not a fan of that song It's awful Okay good We're both agreed on that um, Which is So I think I sort of threw it away Because of that song But they're actually I listened to the album again It's got some really nice songs on it um, And I was like Oh Actually this isn't that bad um, BBC liked it Thankfully there's some new material To listen to And unlike their comparatively lighthearted debut Under the Iron Sea Offers an intense look at the dark Underbelly of the human psyche Tim Rice Oxley's skill with the synth adds depth to impassioned songs such as Hamburg Song, even if it does occasionally go over the top. Um, what did you think of the album? Did you ever go past this album into to Keane's future later albums? No, to be honest. No. Okay. And then we listened to the last album. <clears throat> oh. Terrible. I'm not going. That was terrible. It was terrible. Um. So the. Do you know about the dramas around Keen? Because I always thought, lovely band. I did not know there were dramas, but I'm actually quite So we've got a trouble for the band. Oh, what have they done? All right, okay. So, uh, around this time, uh, trouble started, especially in Japan when they toured in 2006. It's from the Daily Mail. The Daily Mail love a bit of Keen and I love a bit of a gossip. Uh, simultaneously, out in Japan, uh, Keen were facing unexpected dramas of their own. As Hughes, Hughes recalls, we were meant to meet up at midday to run through some songs for that night's show and Tom didn't show up. Eventually someone went into his room to find out his bed hadn't been slept in and his bags weren't there. That's when panic set in. My first thought was, is he still alive? My hotel room overlooked a lake and I was afraid to look out in case Tom's dead body was floating in it. Right? It was a few hours before we discovered that he'd flown back to England. In short, this is from the Daily Mail. In short, Chaplin had finally cracked up, largely due to his increasing dependency on alcohol and cocaine. A fortnight after his sudden disappearing act, he booked himself into the Priory for five weeks of intensive rehab. Now, this news was greeted with widespread surprise, not least because Chaplin had long been considered to be one of the most mild-mannered and clean-living men in rock. Yeah, right. Chaplin says this is not his first spell in rehab, nor were his addictions of recent origin. I checked into a clinic for a few weeks at the start of 2006, he said. I was diagnosed, diagnosed as suffering from depression and panic attacks. I couldn't work out where those feelings were coming from. They might have been down to a chemical imbalance in my brain. They might have had something to do with the way I was reacting to Finn. Certainly the drink and drugs did not help. Uh, he wasn't the one doing the trials, was he? <laughs> I can't remember Jeez. Perfect Symmetry came out in 2008 They're still knocking them down Got to number one again Right Pitchfork 4.1 By the <laughs> By the back end of Perfect Symmetry It's business as usual is keen uh, Epic piano belters to the fore An experimental approach promised by Spiralling Has devoted into a rather opt James Pasti- Pastiche I always get that word wrong Though by then you're grateful to not any To any respite from the massiveness I didn't like this album. Didn't quite get through it. Then we get Night Train in 2010, which is an EP with eight tracks on it, and it got to number one as well. 
Yeah, right. I know. I didn't even know that. No, neither did I. Uh, BBC, over three albums, Keen have never quite shaken the impression that they could run out of steam at any moment. Amplified by the fragile nature of the school friend's relationship in light of singer Tom Chaplin's well-documented substance abuse. As a traditional release, however, Night Train points to an even bigger and bigger, brighter future. It mostly sounds like a band sounds like a band happy to enjoy the freedom of chalking up 10 million album sales and everyone else can take a running jump. It's really 80s, it's a bit Stranger Things kind of yeah. synthy. It's, it's, it's alright, a bit cheesy, but it's not too bad. Strangeland in 2012, number one again, and The Guardian gave it four out of five. Never heard it. It's actually not bad. It's actually, yeah, it's actually a pretty good album, actually. It sort of feels like, if you like Hopes and Feels, Hopes and Fears, you'll like this album as well. It's, it's actually it's actually really good. Uh, so they broke up after this album. Some more bad stuff, unfortunately, happened. Uh, after Keen split, Rice Oxley's marriage fell apart. In 2014, he was arrested for drunk driving oh, after dear. steering his car off a country road into a ditch. Quote, it left me in a place eventually where I really needed some help, I suppose he said. Uh, so Tom, uh, this is, he was interviewed on the, he did a solo album called The Wave, which unfortunately is not on our Spotify, so I can listen to it. But he said to the sun, that's what I'm saying, the papers love a bit of them. They really do. Weird. As soon as I was left to my own devices, I was in trouble. I tell myself I would go to the gym, do some writing and be a good upstanding member of the society. But underneath was this unconscious urge to go and use drugs. Um, And I don't want to paint this picture that I have been some kind of absentee dad. But during 2014, after she was born, I started to spiral. I stopped writing songs and my binges started to creep back in where I disappear off. That first step is just so incredibly difficult, admitting that you have a big problem. I remember one day sitting around a table in my dining room with Nat and this guy from one of the local rehab centres. I just sat there and started crying. I didn't have the energy or desire to get well. So that's when I started writing what became The Wave. The first song was Hold On To Our Love, which is about me pleading with Nat and saying, please, we've been together for a long time. We've been through so much. I know I've put you through the ringer, but let's just hold on because um, what we know is special. It's really sad. It's actually because there's such a story behind this mm. album. I really wanted to listen to it. Um, he did do a Christmas album, apparently, There's as well. There's no need for that. 12 Tales of Christmas in 2017. Uh, Keen did get back together and we got Cause and Effect, which went to number two. The only Keen album not to get to number one. Uh, Tom said, I really didn't expect this to happen. I was off doing my solo thing. and pretty happy doing that. I think all of us probably thought that we weren't ever going to come back and do anything. It's funny things, how, how fast things can change. We were drawn back together for the right reason. It wasn't like we needed to do a reunion tour to pay the bills. It was because of the music and the songs. Um, we did review that. We didn't like it. We didn't like well, it. Let's be honest, we didn't like it. Um, but I am so excited to know what you think about this album. Almost 20 years on. Okay. Okay. So shall we get into this? Uh, first track, Somewhere only we know the 400 million plays on Spotify. Yeah. Can I just give an overarching view first before we go into the tracks? Quite, yes. Um, so I was dubious, to say the least, when you announced said album. I was pretty certain it wouldn't stand up. Okay. Pretty certain. Okay. It's like, I don't even need to listen to it. I know. You know. But I did listen. Um, well, I'm glad. Yeah, a few times. And it's exactly as I remembered it. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it's not the best album in the world. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> like, I thought it was going to not... You know how some albums just do not age? Yes. You know, like, I had that whole thing yeah, with yeah. Travis and yeah, yeah. that whole thing. Yeah. I thought it was going to be one of those. Right. Like, looking at the distance, not understand what was going on. Yeah. But I'm not. Um, I know a lot of people who listen to this will be who, you know, to the point earlier, we've been talking about really hard, you know... Like, hard-hitting, great, huge albums. This is not that. But if you take it for what it is, then, which is, just an album full of nice pop songs, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. then it's hard to then give it a negative rating. Mm. Because you're not saying that it's... You're not saying it's definitely maybe. You're not saying... It's Urban Hymns. You're not even trying to compare it to those. No. You're probably closer to comparing it to a Coldplay. Yeah. Or an athlete. Yeah. Um, And if we're playing that game, then it stands up amongst those bands. Yeah. But they're not the Verve or Oasis or Blur or Pulp or any of that. So it's just all before anyone gets excited. That's not what we're saying. Well, that's not what I'm saying. No, I agree. But for the albums we've been talking about that came out in the 2000s... This is a solid pop album. Good. I don't even know if you call it indie, though. Like, it's pop for me. Um, maybe it is a lack of guitar. And to be honest with you, I had never really thought about that. But it could be that. But it's pleasant. <laughs> okay. I didn't hate it. I've played it a few times. Good. Some decent song. There's some howlers. But there's some good tracks on there. Okay. So let's get a note. So it opens with Somewhere uh, Only We Know uh, out on the 28th of May, 28th of Feb 2004, got to number three. Hmm. The video, if you haven't seen it, is worth a watch. Uh, they're, they're walking through the woods and then they sort of, uh, they end up playing. It's like they're getting followed by this like sort of black creature, but you can't see it. And then they end up playing in this like river, which must be freezing. And um, these sort of monsters dash aliens come out of the woods to see, to see them play. It's very, very cool. Uh, the Simple Thing Aliens, created by video director Colin Hardy, they were based upon the Kodamas from the anime film Princess uh, Minoki. Uh, Kodama means echo. It's literally the meaning of a tree spirit. What's your thoughts on anime? Do you ever watch any anime? <laughs> What do you think, Kim? Uh, no. No, absolutely not. No? No. No? I'm an adult. That's all I've got to say. (laughs) (laughs) Tim, I wrote somewhere only we know on the little piano in the front room. Uh, I had the driving rhythm of David Bowie's Heroes in mind as a starting point, so used the pounding piano like a rhythm guitar and the rest just flowed instinctively. This song is about us being back and having something to cling to. I picture a particular place in Sussex, just a bit of scrub where we used to go when we were kids. There was a fallen pine tree and it seemed like a place to escape from the reality of the band's failure that seemed to be fast approaching. Richard Hughes recently sent me a photo of the three of us in that exact spot when we were 11, and I wonder if subconsciously remembered the photo while I wrote the song. Um, this reminds me of me and you. Yeah, same. Like, it reminds me of a place we used to play football. Same. There's a couple of hidey holes around yeah. there. Like, I remember hanging out and just talking 
garbage or yeah. climbing trees and same. like so this all this song always reminds me of hanging out with you when yeah, you were same younger. Here. Um which is why I was gonna pick it, but then I didn't. Just because I thought it's all like people are gonna know it. And you're gonna play it anyway, so I'm not gonna make it my song. I'm not well I'm gonna yeah, I'll play it, but not yeah. this is not my song. I was gonna make it mine because of that, but then I thought everybody knows everybody it. Everybody knows I'm that. I'm gonna do something else. But you've got to play it. Look, I think this this song still holds up. It's a cracking start to the album. Like I said, it takes me back to that that time when me and you were kids and we hung out yeah. with each other. And his voice is, is great. So yeah, we're definitely playing uh, Somewhere Only We Know. I do. I really like this. One of my favourites on the album. Ah, so I've got I've got second song here. Not as strong, but it's still a good song. Uh, only we know is the person who wrote that. So so this bit, but obviously they're big Keen fans. He loves someone who's stuck in a rut or lost meaning to their life. You forget your name, waiting for life to start. But he loves her and is sticking by her, telling her he's here for her and will be there for when she's better. Oh, it's so nice. Um, you want to play this? Yeah, please. Okay, we'll play Band Break. Might as well be strangers. No, no, I um, yeah, I, that's so bizarre. I've got not a massive fan of this. It's just whingy. It's whiny. It's cheesy. 
His voice is really good at the two minute mark, but unfortunately I sort of go, "Ah." It's awful. Now, a couple of things about this. Did you know that DJ Shadow done a remix of this? We might as well be strangers. I did not know. (laughs) (laughs) What was he thinking? I probably, it's not good. Because when you you go, oh, DJ Shadow? He can make anything good. You wouldn't, not this. So uh, this isn't a good remix, so have a listen if you want but I, it's not it's not his best work uh, Poison Beauty the way it relates to me is a relationship that ended and then the two grew apart and couldn't be friends anymore and the person doesn't stand the other anymore even though they were once very very close uh, from Tim as you get older you realise that things just get more and more complicated and it's never that simple I mean I find that I feel very happy with that side of my life but at the same time there's always bad things and always difficult things and I'll be I'll be like t- taking those and expanding those and thinking that they might go and using ideas for writing. Um, I, yeah, I'm not a fan of this. I no. can skip it. Yes, please. Okay, cool. All right, so moving on. What's next? Everybody's changing. It sticks in your head. It's like, oh, it's just playing over and over in my brain. Give us a song. Everybody's changing. And Second release by them, May 2004, got to number four. Uh, there's three videos on this, uh, but the one I watched was they were playing in front of a sunset, spliced with uh, them live. I like this song. Yeah, I it's think, fine. I think it's good. Yeah, I think it's, it's solid. Um, it's all around the changes that happen post uni or post college, how everyone goes off into their different lives, and you know, you've, you've got no idea what anyone's going to do. Uh, you can relate to it. Oh, I definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, Look at us for goodness sake. Exactly. <laughs> so look, I, I like this. I want to play yeah. this. Okay. Everybody's changing. open yeah, I like this I'm glad you like this because this is my pick uh, which which is weird because normally you'd go to the big hitters but everyone knows the big hitters right and I just go I heard this and I went this is stunning I mean it's really quite a simplistic song but his voice is gorgeous on this uh, the writing for a moment your eyes open and you know all of the things I ever wanted you to know I don't know you and I don't want to till the moment your eyes open and you know oh So this is my pick So I want to play Your Eyes Open
has no name. No. No, I'm the same with you. Uh, so Tom said, basically the song's about being in love with someone and they're not in love with you. And this is something that happened to me a few years ago. The song was actually written by Tim to comfort Tom. Not weird. So Tom, like Tim's looking at an outsider in, knowing that he loves someone else, and he writes the song. It's called "She Has No Time, Not Name." Oh, she has no. (laughs) Thank you. It's really boring. No, not for for you. It's a bit windy, isn't it? Uh, Look, the album needed the break, uh, but for me, I'm probably the same. But I would skip this. Yes, please. And move on. Uh, thank you for helping me there. My contacts are going. I can feel them. Can't stop now. It's okay. So this is where things get a little bit interesting for me because I go, I kind of thought this may happen. It does get a little bit repetitive. Yeah. This is a prime example of a lack of depth on the album and the rinse repeat formula. I wouldn't have felt this. So I've gone, I wouldn't have felt this when I was younger. Same. But it's there now. But, uh, yep, I agree. It's, it's a very simplistic formula, and I think that's because there's only three parts to the band, and how much can you do? So I definitely think that I start to feel it a little bit here. Um, Tim, Can't Stop Now is about the feeling that you've been standing still short of moping up after someone. Um, I suddenly snapping out of it and feeling that you've got a lot of catching up to do and you can't really hang around. At almost at any expense, you need to get out and start doing things. I think most of the song was quite well-intentioned. I think it's genuine, but then the last reprise undercuts it. You can never be sure about what you're doing, really. It's one of those things, I think. Uh, okay, right. I want to read this. This is from Grand Mabel. To me, this song is an embodiment of some of my thoughts lately. At the minute, I'm living in the same town, same house that I always have done, around the same sort of people from the last few years. Recently, I took a trip to a university for an open day, and it's, be- and it's not becoming more apparent that the people and places I know and love here won't be with me every second until the end of everything. Maybe I won't lose contact so much with them more than others, but it really is unrealistic to say that I'll be around them forever, and potential- a potentially heartbreaking realisation. Even with this realisation, though, I can't slow down for anyone if I'm going to be the person I want to be. It's nice. Uh, I'm going to play it. So moving to Sunshine. I'm not a huge fan of this either. Okay. What about it? It's not very memorable. Mm -hmm. It's it's just really annoying. Can I just say that? Yeah, sure. Um, I, I've, I've said look, it's okay it's, it's pleasant um, I think is it said, pleasant? I, I think you said that at the start right? Um, Vox PD this song reminds me of a relationship I'm in at the moment I've been hurt in relationship a lot in the past and one of my best friends has helped me through this really tough time after a particularly rough end with an aggressive guy and ever since then we've been inseparable he has his crazy moments but at times he says the same thing as this song how he'll protect me from the storms and the, the other guys must have been mad to leave me so yeah, I think it's about feeling feeling protective about a girl and shielding her from the past. Um, you don't want to play this? Um, no. Okay. Shall we get into one that you do want to play? Yes. This is the last time. This is my pick. Why is it your pick? Because I love it. This is the last time. Do you not enjoy it? I just, I was a bit surprised. Follow me for anything you like. It's quite queen-like. One last time. 
I am uh, didn't see you picking this one to be honest. When you sent it through, it was like, oh. take everything, run, you fall on me for anything you like. And I don't know, it just sticks in my head. I can't like it. I always find myself bopping the way to this one. Okay. And then it was like again the other day. I was driving back yesterday in the car, and I was like, no, this I like this. This is, this, this is the one I want. Okay. Uh, so this was the last single, t- uh, December two thousand four. Only got to number eighteen. Uh, the video's live footage of them spliced with trees and skies as a backdrop, uh, which pink when pink raindrops start to fall and create new vibrant pink trees. It's lovely. Uh, the cover of the single, uh, I normally don't talk about this, but it grabbed my attention. It's a bull being slain, bullfighting. It's a gorgeous cover. Um, so it's, firstly, it's a beautiful cover in its own right. I think Alex and Jim did a fabulous job. Secondly, we all think killing these beautiful beasts while lots of people eat the sandwiches and bathe for blood is pretty weird. Thirdly, and most importantly, the idea of the grand, dignified beast slowly, painfully dying is a powerful metaphor for the death of a love affair. The song is quite complex because it's not just a I hate you type of vibe. Something pretty good is dying and you can only stand and watch it. Bullfighting Les. Oh, it's the worst. The worst. How that is still a thing. Um... I think this is absolutely great. Menta, I know the song is about a romantic relationship, but to me it's always held a very special meaning. I came from a very fairly complicated family with an abusive father and remember my stepmother always defending and justifying his antics. They had another much younger child beside myself and I think at one point the fact that she was hurting her child and herself by justifying his actions troubled me more than the fact that I was also being hurt by heart egging him on I was always the scapegoat and I started to realise how awfully twisted my situation was around the time Keen released hopes and fears especially with me having to lie to my friends about having it all and keeping my problems to myself this song really helped me get uh, helped me through and through it gave me hope that there would be a last time and that I wouldn't have to put up with this forever and that my stepmother and stepbrother could fend for themselves and I didn't have to worry about them because it simply wasn't healthy they were making a choice to say, but I didn't have to and certainly was not going to. Oof. <sighs> wow, it's full on. Keen, you got like, when you read some of the comments, and obviously because some of the writing by Keen is, is really quite personal and touching, and even for us with some of the songs it takes us back, yeah. well, other people are going through some stuff in their lives and, and Keen just resonates really well with them. Yeah. Uh, so this is your pick. We'll play the whole thing. Yay! <laughs> this is the last time.
on a day like today. I quite like this song. Okay. So if we talk about, you know how we talk about track placement a lot. So I think for the first five tracks of this album, okay, Mm -hmm. take away We Might As Well Be Strangers, um, pretty solid. Mm -hmm. I think Can't Stop Now and Sunshine I didn't particularly like. This is the last time we needed it to come back a bit and lift it up again. But then I don't mind going a little bit, because it's not as... It's not as full on as the previous track. Yes, but I kind of like that. It kind of brought it back down again. It's pleasant. It's nice. Mm-hmm. Like I'd want you to play it. It's certainly not one of my skippers. Okay. I actually, have, I, like for me, I'm like, it's a little bit samey samey again. I will stress, there's nothing wrong here, and on its own, it's a lovely song. Yeah, that's what I mean. But on an album, it does feel a little bit same samey. Um, Tom said, "This is a song about two normal people who fall in love, who love each other, and fuck it all up." The lyrics, I saw you were sick and tired of my wrong turns. If you only knew the way I feel, I'd really love to tell you. But I can never find the words to say and I don't know why. I can't find the words to say and I don't know why. Like, writing's really, really good. All right, let's play a bit from On A Day Like Today. Untitled. Pointless. <laughs> Why is it pointless? Well, what, what is it? You're not a fan of this? No, are you? Uh, funny enough, I don't know why. Maybe. I've left it blank. So I don't know what I thought of it. Bizarre. Because it's just nothing. It's not really... I've said not a bad song. I mean, it's. I haven't said whether I want to play it or not, but I've said not a bad song. The chorus and the vocals are good. However, it's a bit meh, and I struggle to get to the end of the album feeling the same as when you went in. So I'm yeah, starting same. to lull a bit. And I just think this song's pointless. Like, I didn't really... Like, it doesn't fit. Okay. I think is the... Yeah, it's... I don't know why it's on there. I, they could have just taken it out. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that. Maybe that's why it's called Untitled. It could be. Uh, Bed Shaped ends the album and will sort of take us out of this episode. What's your thoughts on the last song? It's not hurrah. But it probably is for Keen. Okay, that's interesting. Because I was thinking about this, it's not what you think, but it probably is for them because it's builds mm-hmm. and it's poignant and it's a bit sad. It's very keen. Like I think they picked it well. It's the closest I'm going to get to a harassment. Yes, from keen. it is. I agree with you. And so I think they did. It, I think that's a very wise choice. Okay. Uh, third release, August 2004. The video is is pretty cool. 2000. Uh, it's got to number ten. So it's a stop motion video by Colin ha- Corin Hardy. Um, we're a homeless person, so it's it's animated, you know. Um, so a homeless person runs into a bathroom, writes lyrics on the wall to the song, which is, is uh, which is sung by Keen in the background. 
And then the homeless person goes outside and starts seeing things, obviously, because the person's quite troubled, runs back to the bathroom, and then the walls sort of come down. And then you see Keen um, sort of... It's not... It's, it's animation. Keen animated in the background. So apparently the Hardy's friend, David Lupton, was recruited to draw 500 pictures of the band in a week to make that. Yeah, yeah, full on. Um, I think this is gorgeous. When the piano hits, it's it's absolute. This um, the album for me. It's soft in places. It's a bit samey samey, but it has some stunners. This for me is a, is a stunner song. It's a little hurrah. There is one bit that I cannot stand, which is the three minute mark with the Casio keyboard bits, the choir. Oh yeah. Oh, that's what's that doing in there? But it's like yeah. five ten seconds and it's gone. But apart from that, it's 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 a really, really good song. Um, so we'll play that to take us out uh, of today. Reviews, what do you think people think about this album? It's gonna be it's gonna be it's like a cold play. It's gonna be critics are gonna go, it's a pile of pants, and then the public are gonna go, this meant the world to me, this is a ten out of ten. That's the game we're going to play, I think. That's pretty much you're right. Michael M, one out of five. One of the first blatant Coldplay clones. Somewhere only we know is decent, but the rest is utterly predictable piano pop. Give it a listen if you like this kind of music, but even then, don't expect anything earth-shattering. Cooked Egg, two out of five. I used to think this was was the holy album, one that only God could create back when I was 12. Hmm. Now that I'm 17... I don't. Uh, Thrento, three out of five. It's, Such gross. <laughs> it's safe and boring music. It's music for fans of Coldplay and Snow Patrol. Snow Patrol, that's the other band. We're not talking about that. Strange. Uh, Stormy Vault, five out of five. Beautiful climatic songs that will audibly move me to tears. You're right, It just it's on that spectrum. It moves. Uh, Les, what would you give this as a rating? It's a tough one And I have gone in and out So for me There is the Used to love the album Side to it There are some really good songs I forgot how many Not good songs though Mm -hmm. There's a bit of filler there Mm -hmm. So for that, I'm really going to judge it on the songs I like So in in a point for effort he gets half a point off for his guitar comments. <laughs> uh, no, he doesn't. It's a tough. I want to say six and a half to seven. Okay, I'll, I'll I agree. This is a seven, right? I dare say I would have had this so high on repeat when I was younger because I used to love this. It just it doesn't. It still stands up. It's still enjoyable. There are some lulls in the album, but when it when it hits its highs, it's stunning and it's pleasant. And that's the thing, right? So I think yeah, it's hard because it's one where. You gotta rate like we gotta rate it in the same as we would. Like think of the albums that we were given eights, nines, and tens. Like they're amazing. Like it's not up there, but it's not. It's actually a lot better than most of the other six and a half albums because it's not offensive. Hmm. When it's not good, it's just a bit boring. It's, it's not, not like I, oh, oh no, I don't god, yeah, 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 yeah. It's just not. You just like oh, nothing really. Hmm. Um, but. So we're both on the same boat, basically. Yeah. I have no idea about them. Like, there's a lot that you've told me today about Keen that I had no idea about. I didn't think that they were as rogue as they were. I just thought they were just, like, nice lads playing piano and singing their wee songs. But I was clearly wrong. (laughs) 
so the good news is, uh, if you if you like Keen, they're still making music. Like we said, they just released their album. Um, would you go and see them? Yes, I would. Yeah. Even though I didn't like the last album, I reckon. As long as it wasn't that tour, because then you'd have to hear all of that. No, but I reckon I reckon they'd be a good band to see live. Like if they did one of those twenty years since this album released, I'm all in. Yeah, or if it was greatest hits tour. Yeah. Not if it was just their new album. I think it was cause and effect, wasn't it, or something like that. Um, You ever seen them? I was trying. I'm sure I've seen them at maybe like a team. I think we saw them together. I think we saw them together. That would have been nice. Yeah. So nice that we both. <laughs> I have a feeling that's probably the umpteen pints of tenants that we have at Teen the Park. Exactly. To, to do that. Exactly. So keenmusic.com and at Keen Official. Listener choice next. Oh no, don't let me down, listeners. Who, what listener? Three Andy, Carl, and Liam. Actually, I think there was Andy, more. Andy, well, I mean, if it's anything like your challenges, <laughs> this is going to be a bit of a. You ready? It's a band I have no clue about, so this is all completely new to me. Maximal Park. Oh, no. I said in Trigger. Brilliant. Oh, you're happy? Yes. Good band to talk about. Whatever happened to them? Don't know. Let's find out. Oh, can't wait. <laughs> Edge of my seat. What do you um, know about This them? was banging. Oh, this was banging. This was huge. Okay. This must have been just before. What year? Oh, I don't know when I can't. I reckon it was just before I moved out here. Because, aren't they Geordies? I don't know. Oh, from that part I've, of I've it. I... Because I remember... I saw a really good friend of mine who you know as well. Her then boyfriend... Yeah, I'm sure it's because we're Geordies. He loved them. And so he'd play, he played them non-stop. And then I went and bought the album because of that. And I remember thinking, oh, this is this band are going to be big. But now I'm like, I've totally forgotten. Oh. wonder what did happen to them after that. This was a big album. Well, obviously, uh, quite, a, quite a lot of people requested it, so... Oh, it'll be good to know what happened to them. And I'll be interested to see what you think of this album. So let's do it. So next episode, Maximal Park, A Certain Trigger. Quite a few listeners, and you're obviously pumped about this as well. So uh, at Britpop Banter, and uh, email us at BritpopBanter at gmail.com. Les, anything else before we get out of here? Um, you going out this weekend? So I bought a mountain bike. Did you? Didn't yeah. tell me that. Yep. So, gonna go out in it with my stabilizers. <laughs> um, I can just see you're gonna fall. Cause oh, I did. So I can show you in a second. But I just was trying it around the, the park up the road, and then hit the curb, and then the pedal ripped my leg off. So I've got it's a bit swollen. <laughs> <laughs> you never forget to ride a bike. And then I, you. And I was fine. I just hit the curb, and that was the same day I came home and thought I'd make soup. And Chop my thumb off. Oh my god! So it's you know, it's I like, just I'm, I really feel that I shouldn't be doing anything that's remotely close to injuring yourself. So kind of why I like golf. It's hard unless somebody smacks you. It's very you can't really injure yourself. No, you can't. That is a good point. Which is why I probably feel that's where I should stay. Um, so I think I might go out in that, and then I'm in the quarterfinals of the Champions League with Wolverhampton Wanderers. <laughs> Well, I'm um, in, uh, I'm 10th, I think, in the Premier Paris League. Paris Saint-Germain is who we've got next. Okay. But we're 1-0 down. We need to play my Gillingham squad against your Wolves squad and see how we go. I'm going to take a pitch. I'm going to show you before you go, because you, you should see. So I've got um, Aguero. Oh, for goodness sake. Up front. Um, and I've got uh, De Bruyne. 
in midfield. Never gonna see so you, you can't Coutinho. See that means you're signing them all in the free transfer window. So I got Aguero free. Some no no yeah, no. But I won the um Premier League, you see, so I got a ton of money. So I got Rubble. Coutinho, um Casemiro, <laughs> De Bruyne. <laughs> I've got Vardy, oh uh, Van Dyke, oh, Alexander Arnold, and Robertson on the. Oh, nice! The, That's a good combo. Great combo. But um, is... and who else did I fire in the midfield? Oh, I've just got some average seventy-five player because I run out of money. So he's. But to be honest, the rest of them in defence make up for it. No wonder um, you're in the quarter-final, semi-final. And who else have I got? Kick I'm sure in. this is riveting. Shall we go and? Oh yeah, I forgot we're still recording. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. <laughs> All right, we will see you next episode. Yeah. Uh, and get out of here. All right, yeah, bye. bye. to